Welcome to Hey Aspud. Welcome to Hey Aspud. Welcome to Hey we're just gonna say welcome to Hey Ass Butt. It's gonna be two hours of two us hours. saying welcome to hi- Hey Ass Butt. Yeah. Welcome to Hey Ass Butt. Oh, that shark has pretty teeth, babe. And also, welcome to Hey Ass Butt. Wow. I got off rhythm there. I got off rhythm there. Yeah. I thought those were gonna be jumping the shark joke. You're jumping the shark joke. Yeah. It's too early for us to jump the shark. Yeah. Unless we just jump the shark from the beginning. How else would you jump the shark? That's a joke. Well, that's a bad joke. I'm s- it's early. Fuck you. Yeah. It's not that early. You can't even jump sharks. It's almost 1 p.m., Ben. Oh, God damn it. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we got we got sharks to jump and asses to butt. Yeah. We got to butt those asses. <laughs> Let's do we gotta it. We got to butt them out. Yeah. Um, so how's y'all's week's been going? Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, it's been all right. It's been very tiring. What have you done so far, Trev? Work. He's worked all the time. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's all he does now. I've, yeah, I've worked like, I worked 52 hours in this last week. Dang. And I'm probably going to work about another 45, 50 this week. He's forgotten how to love. Yeah. I mean, that was... He never knew how to love. Yeah, that, got, that got taken from me when I got my cybernetic implants. Yes. But it's because you deleted that. Yeah. Yeah. I would too, I'll be honest. I deleted all unnecessary, all unnecessary File. files. Delete. You got to make room. Yep. And then he went over to the trash can symbol, right click, empty trash. Empty trash. Yeah, that's very important. It is, because then it's just taking up space on your computer. Exactly. There's actually like a whole nother thing about how that actually works, but we're not going to get into that. All right, fair enough. Yeah. I'm I'm not surprised that you know how that works. We'll do cyber (laughs) maintenance as an interstitial. Yeah. (laughs) Put it on the board. Put it on the board. board. We can show me board. cybernetic maintenance. The port says, um, I've got to poop. Yeah. Uh, which is a new hit single. It's gonna be coming out. Cool. Yeah. I've got to poop. You've got to poop. We've got to poop. It's a it's a song for children. I'm gonna make I'm gonna use that sample and make it a song now. Do you <laughs> yeah. realize you realize? Oh, make what it like done. a like a uh what is it, what is those um like tech versions of like remixes and stuff? <laughs> yeah. Like internet remixes? Like um, you know how they made a remix of the hide your kids, hide your wife guy. Yeah, oh, yeah, auto tune and shit. Yeah, it's not gonna be like that because mm-hmm. I don't make. I'm not good at making that kind of music. It's gonna be swing. It's gonna <laughs> be a swing yeah. remix. It'll be, All right, it'll fair be enough. cool. Yeah, it's gonna be rad. Fair enough. Is there anything else you've been doing, Travis, other than work? No, and being a cyborg. Literally, that's all I've been doing this week. Yeah. Working cybernetics. Yeah. All right. Uh, no, actually, that's not true. I did a show. Um, so, um. You know, Hurricane Harvey and Hurricane Irma hit recently with the syncing up with the recording of this podcast. Uh, the recording of this episode it hit you know, a week or two ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was these comedians coming through town, um, Maggie Mayfield and Charlie Hester. They were coming through the southeast and they said, hey, why not, why not do a tour where we every city we stop in, we ask people to bring in donations for hurricane harvey uh relief because their their end goal was to be in uh, austin or houston or one of those one of those south texas cities um but so and they were asking specifically for donations for like feminine hygiene products Mm -hmm. and diapers and baby wipes and stuff that i honestly feel like gets pushed to the wayside a lot when people think about donations it's actually like a huge problem with like homeless women yeah 
because they don't have a steady access to like pads and tampons and stuff. Exactly, mm-hmm. and so that's when uh, we in our little comedian group, someone was like, "Hey, they're looking for comics to be on the show in Huntsville," and I was like, "I'm in for that because yeah. I'm all about I'm all about that. I'm all about helping my Texas family." Damn right. Uh, so helping people get pads. Yeah. So that was a fun show. It was really cool. It was at uh, Salty Nut Brewery, which is an awesome place. Um, it's a really fun and cool time, and everyone did really good. So I, it was exciting. I'm I'm jazzed about comedy. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. Great. Cool. Yes. Good. Yeah. Ben. Yes. What have you been doing? A little bit of work. A little uh, bit of play. A little bit of play. A whole lot of play. I've uh, been fucking around on a new phone with a lot of uh, emulators and things like that. So I've been playing mm. a lot of older games. It's been fun. Nice. Uh, then we, me and you had a fun night the other night. We'll get to that later. Yeah. <laughs> question. By yeah. fun night, he means we Shingo? watched a movie. <laughs> 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 yeah. uh, that, uh, I don't know. I've uh, been figuring out what this to do and things like that. Been, all right, so yeah, it's been a little bit boring, but it's been a good time. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Uh, boring is good sometimes. Yeah, you need you need the downs to appreciate the ups. Yeah, you need the broccoli to like the chocolate. Yeah, I like both of those things. I know I do too. Uh, We've talked about this before, actually. Uh, broccoli and chocolate. Yeah, you have to appre- you have to have the green beans to appreciate the cheesecake. I just thought of green bean cheesecake, and that is gross. All right, okay. <laughs> Wild tangent appears. Uh, all right, this is going to sound... I don't know Get how... Get out your ratatat, Travis, and kill it. What? The wild tangent that appeared. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yes. I live for that deep, beleaguered sigh. It's uh, so much fun. And now that you guys have headphones, you can, like, actually hear it. I know, and it's so yeah, satisfying. It's like a massage. It's like a massage. I could use a massage. It's like a deep tissue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody going in on those shoulders like they're mad at them. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Like I'm angry at your back <clears throat> and I got to pummel it. I got to knead it down to the ground. Ugh. Yeah. Mm. Knead it down into a flatbread. It's, yeah. Mm. Uh, but yeah, uh, speaking of cheesecake, uh, one time my sister made a salmon and bacon cheesecake. That that actually sounds like that might be good. Yeah, that it sounds was, pretty interesting. It was amazing. We ate it with lox and bagels. Oh, well, of course. Well, yeah, uh, typical. It was amazing. Oh, yeah, because, you know, you make cheesecake with cream cheese. Right. And salmon and lox and cream cheese, it all goes together. I can yeah. see it. I can definitely see, like, a savory cheesecake that's delicious. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was so fun. And, I mean, salmon is one of those foods that's just, like, a good smoked salmon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I bet you've been eating a lot of salmon. I mean, I've been known to partake of the fish. Yeah, in Skyrim. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Arya's character doesn't eat food. No. Really? Strictly health potions. I eat food sometimes. I mostly eat health potions. Well, you can get health back from food. Yeah, I know. But it takes a lot lot of whole fucking lot of space. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's part of that role play element. I I try to role play mostly food Mm. instead of health potions. I, uh... Part of the role play element is me getting health potions from people. <laughs> for me. By, by killing them. Yes, or just stealing them from people. There you go. I met in Skyrim, t- uh, t- another tangent. We can talk about what I've been doing in my week. Yeah, <laughs> which has been playing Skyrim. Which has been playing Skyrim and looking for jobs and 
looking for jobs in Skyrim? Yeah. I had a fight with my friend, and I was super proud of myself. I felt like Neville Longbottom in the Sorcerer's Stone. Oh, yeah? Sometimes it's hard to stand up to your friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so I met this guy in Skyrim who's like a huge dick. And he's super racist and terrible. Yeah. And just like really mean to everybody. So I went into his house and I stole everything. Nice. I was like, I don't even need this, but I'm taking it. I'm taking everything. <laughs> and yeah, that's all going to be repopulated. It's not really going to affect him because he's a fake video game character, not a real person. <laughs> but I felt good. I felt real good. I believe that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's things I like to do in games to make me feel better too. Yeah. Yeah. Like killing a whole lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's how I get my frustrations out. You got to get your frustrations out, man. Damn right. You got to get your feelings taken care of. Hell yeah. Uh, fighting games, Bloodborne, dude. It, it's kind of like therapy, only mm-hmm. you can drink and do it at the same time. Yeah. You can drink and do therapy at the same time. That's <laughs> if you meet a cool therapist. <laughs> if you meet a cool therapist. Cool yeah. therapists let you be an alcoholic. That's not yeah. true. <laughs> that would, oh, this imag- is, we're not <laughs> therapists. Imagine, imagine if House... Ben has found his ultimate therapist. Yeah, he got really excited. Imagine if... A little too excited. (laughs) If, like, House was House, but he also went to therapy. Oh, God. And they just drank and kind of did therapy at the same time and, like, shit like that. I mean, I'm a little too honest when I'm drunk sometimes. I think that would have been a better arc than the fucking, uh... uh, You're talking to two people who have not really watched House. No, I've seen, like, up to season five of House. I've seen a lot of House. I've seen the whole... I've seen House more times than I've seen Supernatural. Wow. (laughs) That's a lot of times. Yeah. I guess now we have to switch the podcast to House. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Welcome to Housecast. Welcome to Housecast. (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, I kind of was House for a few years. In high school. Cause, yeah, that doesn't oh, surprise yeah. me. Yeah. You piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. I was an asshole and had a drug addiction. So Yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah. I had also used to cane for a while, too. That was fun. Nice. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, moving away from that deeply personal topic. <laughs> <laughs> um, your house. I respect that. Who was I in? Who were you in high school, Travis? Like, if you had to compare yourself to one Who fictional character. I? Yeah. Who are you? Anthony Michael Hall in Breakfast Club. Wow, mean. (laughs) No, 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 no. Mean, mean, mean. That character got cool when he got opened up. He just seemed really, like, reserved and everything. Okay, uh, is it bad that I just imagined, like, the psycho character, the basket case character from House just, like, splitting Anthony Michael Hall from end to end with a knife? Damn. He got opened up. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) Literally. How would you describe yourself? In, in, car- in fictional character form. Um, you know how there's like Harry Potter and then there's Ron and Hermione and then there's like Lee Jordan and Seamus Finnegan. I'm like Seamus Finnegan. Oh, okay. Because oh. I don't really matter at all. Oh, no, you matter. <laughs> Seamus Finnegan matters to somebody. Yeah, I guess so. He matters that to was... Dean Thomas. Yeah. And his mom. Yeah. Mam's a witch. Mam's a witch. God damn it. Seamus... Dad's a muggle. <laughs> Seamus Quite a bit a of a shock for him when he found out. Yeah. <laughs> Harry Potter never really leaves. Um, Seamus Finnegan was one of those characters. You knew the shit was about to get fun and hilarious yeah. whenever he showed up, though. Um, no, I mean, I was just kind of a, I was a floater. 
I floated around. I didn't really do but a lot of stuff. In your story, because everyone is the protagonist of their life. Yeah. What protagonist would you compare yourself to? Travis was not the protagonist in his yeah. own life. Yeah. I'm not. I'm really not. Oh, Travis. <laughs> maybe you're like the uh, this is like so sad. the um, I'm the, like the omnipotent or um, omniscient I'm, narrator. Um, omnipotent. Um, yeah, that one. No, that I'm more like the the sidekick. I'm I'm basically everyone's house, Carl. Oh my god! <laughs> I just uh, I just Travis. give everyone advice and I hold their stuff, <laughs> and then I say a color text every time we walk into a new place. <laughs> Travis. Travis. That is not true. All right. You have a lot of personality. Yeah, well. For example, <laughs> you. See, you can't think of any either. Are. Mm, yeah. Annoying. Yeah. I'm just kidding. That's a joke. I only say that because when I ask you for things, you never hand me the right thing. I, I could be bleeding to death and I could be like, hey, Travis, hand me some gauze, please. And you would be like, cool, here's some tweezers. And I'd be like, Travis, I am dying. Hey, Travis, would you put pressure on my wound, please? Because I am literally bleeding to death. And you'd be like, cool, chair on your face. And I'd be like, no, not chair on my face. Not again. <laughs> Never chair on the face. <laughs> I feel like chair on the face is like the worst sex move. Chair on the face. Chair on the face. I mean, oh, it depends God. on what you're into, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> no, not that kind of chair. Don't king shame people. Hey, I'm not saying, I'm not king shaming. I'm just saying. You gotta king shame the fucking birds. I'm now. saying a literal chair yeah. on the face. <laughs> um, I'm not saying my face isn't a chair. I mean, I, we all know what your face is. It's a face. And a chair. <laughs> and yeah. a chair. And a chair. Chair in the face is different. Yeah. A chair in the face implies that the chair is being thrown at your face. I'm imagining, like, you know, like like video game glitches where stuff combines? Yes. Oh, stuff, yeah. Just a chair in somebody's face just hanging out. Oh, that's mm. some sort of eldritch monster right yeah. there. Chair in the face. Destroyer of worlds. Yeah. It's like the uh, the Oklahoma experiment. I think that was that H.P. Lovecraft story. It's the the boat that teleported, oh. but when it showed back up, like the sailors were all like stuck in the walls and shit. Yes. Yeah. I think that's what that was. All right. So. Yeah. On that weird note. Yeah. It's always gonna weird when you bring. It's always gonna get weird when you bring up that H.P. Yeah. I was gonna much. say it always gets weird when you put a chair in somebody's face. But hey. Yeah. Especially not at a bar. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, well. You got a bar, chair in the face, perfectly acceptable. Not bar, when somebody's bleeding to death on the ground, Travis. <laughs> sometimes you. Unacceptable. Oh. Sometimes well. you eat the bar and sometimes you get a chair in the face. <laughs> sometimes. You know, I do my best. Sometimes you're the bartender and sometimes you're a guy with a chair in his face. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Guys, we are dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right, so we're just gonna. I'm just gonna hop. We're gonna, I don't know. Let's hop off this train let's and onto another one. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna hop into the question. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, the question, the full question is: What are you reading? What are you watching? What are you playing? Uh, who wants to go first? We'll start with reading, and I guess we'll do reading yeah. and go around, watch uh, and go yeah. around. Okay, okay. that's okay. cool. Um, something I've been reading is I I picked it back up because there, I've just been running out of stuff to do uh, in all of my things that I do. 
but I've been reading uh, The Inexplicables by Sherry Priest, hmm. and it is a series, um, it's a series of hers called, like, The Clockwork Century or something like that. It's it's an alternate history kind of steampunky book. It's it's very cool. She like she writes a lot of um, a lot of like neat stuff. There's like zombies and like zombies get overplayed a lot, but these are like interesting zombies. They, yeah, they're kind of interesting because they're zombies that are created by um, this like gas that came out of the earth. Mm. and like nobody knows where the gas came from but it only happened like the gas started coming up after this dude like drilled under a bank with a giant drill that was meant to like break through permafrost in alaska and he like stole everything from this bank and then bailed and then this gas started coming up and it basically like infected the entire city of seattle and so now everyone lives on like the outskirts of seattle and they built this giant wall and um but so the Inexplicables is about a character that shows up in the first book, which is called Bone Shaker, and um, and he's just kind of a side character in that one. But uh, this one, he's he's an orphan in the first book, and then he's in the Inexplicables. He's turned eighteen, and he's having um, like visions of his friend, who is the daughter of the main character in the in the first book, Zeke Wilkes. He's having like visions of his friend who's dead or something and he's like being haunted by his friend and um he has to basically go figure himself out because he's 18 he's been released into the world out of an orphanage and he just needs to you know figure it out that's cool it's cool and like the other um the other books always have something to, something to do with like a giant piece of technology like bone shaker mm -hmm. was a giant drill there's Dreadnought, which was a armored train used in like the South during the Civil War. That's that's, cool. that's part of the alternate history is that the Civil War lasts for like 50 years longer than it actually did, mm -hmm. and it they, she actually bumps it up to it lasts so long that it's colliding with the Alaskan Gold Rush. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that that's where it kind of connects. Um, and then there's also Ganymede, which is a submarine, I think. Mm -hmm. It's it's a lot of really cool stuff. And there it takes place in different parts of the United States. There's Seattle, New Orleans, Virginia. Uh, it's really neat. If you like alternate history stuff, I definitely suggest checking it out. So I have a question uh -huh. about the nature of steampunk. Because yes. these are steampunky books. Yeah. Is steampunk a genre or is it a type of aesthetic? Steampunk is a genre based on the aesthetic. So like... I could write an alternative history book and have it be sci-fi set in the 1800s. Oh, yeah. But it wouldn't be steampunk. I can make it not steampunk. Yeah. I mean, like, I feel like the steampunk aesthetic and the steampunk genre, mm -hmm. like, I, like I mentioned, it usually has to do with something technological. Right. And usually it's more advanced than what should be going on. Because steampunk... Because like, it, it's the very... A lot of people cite the very first steampunk book as being 10,000 Leagues Under the Sea by Jules Verne. Right. And because it was about the submarine that could travel anywhere it wanted to under the sea. And that was like a thing that hadn't been invented yet or whatever. So, okay. So I always think of steampunk and cyberpunk kind of together. Yeah. And yeah. cyberpunk is about humanity through technology losing its self-identity. Right. And becoming... Like, a lot of cyber cyberpunk works deal with, like, what is a man? And, like, also a lack of, like, privacy. Mm -hmm. 
because we're all connected through the internet. So like, you know, we're literally like our bodies are connected to the internet and a lot of cyberpunk work. So how can we even have any privacy? How can we be an yeah. individual? And a, a lot of steampunk does deal with dystopia. Like, like mm-hmm. I said, with this series, the civil war has been going on for way too long. Yeah. And even the characters are like, this will never end. Yeah. This country will always be like this. Um, and yeah, there, there's that kind of dystopian thing going on and there's the zombies and, and things like that. And, and I don't know. It, steampunk i feel like is more about the aesthetic than mm-hmm. anything else than maybe cyberpunk is yeah and like with steampunk as long as you mention like gas masks and blimps and trains or something you can always pull it off as steampunk steampunk uh because i feel like steampunk's themes typically deal with like what humanity has wrought now that it has technology it shouldn't have yeah i guess so that, but that I don't is, read a lot. I read way more cyberpunk than steampunk. That is kind of a thing with the first book, Bone Shaker. Like, yeah. the zombies happened because this dude invented this giant drill. Yeah. And then he did the thing. And so that was... Uh, and it's not a spoiler for the book. That's like you... That's the first sentence of the book. Right. <laughs> is this this incident happened. All right. Um. But yeah, it, it's... Yeah, it is kind of like... A lot of these things are happening because of the technology around them well those are like the most interesting stories because it's very much uh going into fields oh damn that hurt uh steven sharp claws uh what was i saying well new technology like brings forward like new horizons that we don't really consider Mm -hmm. and so like just because you have the power doesn't mean you should do things right like a sci- like a sci-fi that comes to my mind, like speaking on the subject, is Event Horizon. Right. Yeah. Like a story about a spaceship that can create a wormhole by use- by harnessing the power of a black hole. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to like uh, just make travel instantaneous rather than taking forever. Right. And so... Well, that's... I mean, a lot of sci-fi plays on the fear of like, what will humanity bring Mm. now that we are not, you know, now that we have stood up from the mud huts Mm. and are sort of looking towards the future and standing on the shoulders of giants, what, what disaster will humanity bring? And I think that plays a lot into like nuclear, like nuclear fallout fears. Mm -hmm. I would really like speaking on like, like shit like that, like fallout, Mm -hmm. Like, bringing our own destruction upon ourselves. Yeah. I would really love, like, not 2012 or any bullshit like that, but, like, what we're kind of facing right now with climate change. Yeah. With how crazy this hurricane season has been so far. Well, we kind of see it with, um, like, Pacific Rim. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Pacific Rim has a thorough line about the Mm. environment. Right. Where, like, the kaiju are talked about in terms of hurricanes mm-hmm. and the reason why they're there the reason why this rift opened where they can travel out is because of um climate change yeah okay so so there's definitely like we'd have we do see that um but i was talking about steampunk specifically because you're talking about sci-fi as a whole yeah. and then we were talking about cyberpunk and its specific themes that it deals with yeah mm-hmm. But steampunk to me is so it's very vague. dependent on its aesthetic in a yeah. way that like cyberpunk's dependent on its aesthetic, right? Yeah. Where you might not rec- you might look at something that is in the cyberpunk genre but doesn't look like cyberpunk, so you don't recognize it as that. Right. 
but can steampunk be divorced from his aesthetic is the question I'm asking, which is the blimps and the gas mask and the bronze everything Mm -hmm. and the goggles that are useless. Would you say Bioshock is steampunk? Yeah, I'd yeah. say it's a little steampunk. Bioshock Infinite is definitely steampunk. Yeah, Infinite, yes. I'm, Ste- yeah, Bioshock Infinite was created with that very much steampunk in mind because steampunk was really starting to blow up mm-hmm. when it got announced, and not not that it hasn't always been like had its followers, but it really like blew up in yeah. the twenty tens, the so early twenty tens. So much so that I know more people who hate steampunk than I do people who like it. Exactly. Which I think it's kinda dumb. You shouldn't hate a genre just because it's popular. Mm-hmm. It it depends on well, if you actually know enough about it to have an opinion on it. But sure. yeah, like a yeah. lot of I have seen a lot of things that are classified as steampunk and it's yeah. specifically because of the aesthetic. Like yeah. there's um some Star Wars fan films out there with steampunk Bubba Fett. And it could very easily be just a Bubba Fett story, but they gave it the steampunk aesthetic. So now it's steampunk. So now it's the steampunk Star Wars universe, and it's steampunk Bubba Fett. Even though, like, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Even though, like, there's no reason for Boba Fett to be steampunk. It just looks cool. Exactly, yeah. It's just a cool thing. I think that's the point of mm-hmm. like, punkiness in those regards of cyber or steam. Yeah. Is that it's supposed to look cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and part of the aesthetic is like, what if this modern technology existed back then and what it had to it run like? on steam? What yeah. would it look like? It would look like a crazy mess. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. I'm gonna I'm gonna check out that book series, Travis. Yeah, I, and I have that all of really them. Good. I have all of them on my bookshelf, so you can just take them. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. Well, don't take them, but use them. I'm read gonna them. take them. <laughs> and they're mine now. Putting them on my bookshelf. No. Doing it. Ben, what have you been reading? I've been reading, uh, been spending a lot of time in doctor's offices. Nothing like crazy. I'm just, I'm losing my health insurance at the end of the month. So I'm getting, uh, get your, get your oh, health yeah. in now. Yeah. The doctor's. Oh, happy birthday. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, no. So I've been reading a lot of things on my phone. One of those things is. I really love the Aliens franchise, mm-hmm. and I really enjoy the comics by Which them. is very cyberpunk. Exactly. Uh, and I've been reading Dead Orbit by... I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, but... It's through, I've been reading it through the Dark Horse Comics app. I just want to talk about that for a second, because I always thought reading comics on a phone would be weird. Mm-hmm. But it's really super easy, and like it, it's just dumb how cool and easy it is because i just tap on the right side of the screen and it zooms in on the panels in the order you're supposed to read them in and mm-hmm. shit it's so like easy and cool and shit mm-hmm. but yeah it's a uh, aliens dead orbit by james stokey s-t-o-k-o-e first stokey stoko 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 boy but essentially this crew finds this space station and it looks like just looks like just combined together like the uh, remnants of like six or seven other like spaceships and stations just amalgamated into one. And they find this small crew of like three people uh, barely clinging on in a cryo sleep. Hmm. And they try to wake them up. And they fuck up. And instead of like freezing. That people like kind of burn alive. Oh no! And their just skin just melts off and stuff. Oh! And they don't have like, and they can't talk or anything. And like the uh, doctor's trying to keep him alive, and he's just like freaking the fuck out. Wow! And so, like the 
the captain is just like bugging the doctor and shit. Eventually, uh, like in true alien form, uh, they start seizing. They don't know why they're seizing. They've mm-hmm. got like a shit ton of sedatives and stuff in their system. They keep them asleep. And then, like, you know, chest bursters happen. Yeah. And they freak out, like, oh, God, what the fuck? Huh? Uh, and that's pretty much the first comic. And that's the one. Is it, is it because they, they started trying to heat the humans up that it, like, incubated the chest bursters and they burst out? Well, that's, that's like, uh, that's the thing with aliens. It kind of depends on the series that you're in sometimes. Yeah. But for the most part, it's when they wake up and come out of cryosleep is when the alien comes out. Ah, okay. Because, uh, I mean, because... Everything in the cryo chamber, I believe, is asleep. So, right. uh, but there is in like Alien Four, I think, with the daughter. Uh, I didn't know that there was more than two Alien movies. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Alien, Aliens, Alien Three, Alien Resurrection, uh, Covenant. Technically, Prometheus at this point. Because, right. Yeah. 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 And honestly, I kind of like the tie-ins and everything. But mm-hmm. there's a f- there's a lot to the aliens universe, and some of it's nice, some of it's pretty good. Yeah, but yeah, uh, but that's the first comic, and that's how far I am into it so far. Cool, but cool. it's uh, I got it cheap through there, uh, and, but it looks cool. I really, I really like how the artwork and how it looks and everything, because I, I like how Dark Horse comics look, because mm-hmm. I always look like like more. I don't want to say gory or crazy, but there's usually some crazy effects that they do with the gore, and it always looks cool. They have some great illustrators. Yeah, they do. They got some good people working for them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rock on. Yeah. Uh, what have you been reading, Ari? No. So I've actually been reading a couple of different things. Nice. As is my purview. I'm the type of person who's like, I'm reading six books at a time. Yeah, I could yeah. never. I have to do like one thing at a time. <laughs> And I'm a very slow reader. It mm-hmm. takes me forever to get through anything. I'm the opposite of you, Travis. Yeah. I could read multiple books at a time, and I'm a very fast reader. Um, so right now, I'm actually rereading the Dark Tower series. Mm-hmm. So I'm reading The Gunslinger right now. Super great. Just as good as I remember. Wonderful. Love it. Um, I'm also going, I'm also rereading another Stephen King collection, uh, which I did actually for the last episode's podcast, which is Everything's Eventual, which is a short story. It's really good. Really good short story collection. And then, since Travis and I are watching you Hawk a show, I have been going back through some old fan fiction that I've read. Yeah. And I've been reading some Yu Hawk a show fan fiction. Hell yeah. Including this one that's really spectacular, <laughs> uh, called The Best Defense Series the, the, by... Best offense, right? Best defense. Best defense. And then the second one is called A Good Offense. Okay. Oh, shit. That's clever. Yeah. I dig it. And uh, it's by Joe Ishabishmyoga. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, But, um, yeah, that fucking holds up, which is rare for fan fiction. Yeah. I kind of want to talk about the power of fan fiction real quick. Should we write down everything we mentioned? Yes. 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 Yeah, we're going to put all these books and like links to where you can buy them in the show notes. Cool. If you're interested. Um, but uh, basically it's about like, it's a Yu Hakusho Harry Potter crossover. Mm. And uh, um, where the, the Yu Hakusho guys have to go over and pretend to be students and also hide the fact that they're not human 
and or some of them have to hide the fact that they're not human and you know Voldemort's rearing his ugly head and it's just super great it's super well written the characters are all very in character which again can not I mean I'm not a person who's going to shit on fan fiction and just be like oh all fan fiction writers are bad writers because a that's just patently false well like how do else are people going to get their start exactly yes like so many fan fiction like so many writers who are like super popular fantasy writers Mm. today got started writing fan fiction well yeah like I think fan fiction is the open mic comedy of writing yeah kinda I mean fucking shit if you're a fan of Steven Universe Rebecca Sugar got started writing um King of the Art uh King of King of the Art King of the Hill um like fan comics that's awesome yeah damn yeah yeah well, it, like, uh, oh, well, this is kind of a tangent, but uh, the guy who made uh, Sonic Mania, the the new hit Sonic game that's out on everything, mm-hmm. uh, he got his start making like little fan games. Yeah. So just because Rick and Morty got yeah. its start as a uh, uh, Doc the, and Morty, yeah, yeah. which is basically uh, just fucking that right there, just Back to the Future fan fiction. All uh, right, that's all it is. Have Have you seen? The initial pilot of Rick and Morty. No. Don't watch it. All right, I won't. Because uh, Doc and Morty. Yeah. Or, yeah, Doc and Marty, sorry, uh, get shipped. And it's weird. Uh, I just figured out how to do this, and yeah. <laughs> Uncomfortable. Yeah, that's why I did this voice for it. Don't yeah. don't watch it. All right, I please won't. don't. All of you it. listening to this right now, please I won't say, watch it. It's it's funny in a super fucked up way, but you will not be able to look at yourself for a while. All right, fair enough. I already can't look at myself, but that's yeah. for different reasons. Yeah, so I guess warnings for that. Yeah. We won't put that in the show notes. We won't. <laughs> um, now, I will say this. She never finished the series, but she did put synopsis of it online. And she's writing her own shit. And now that I have mm. money, I would love to go see her original works. Ooh. Um, but yeah, best defense and a good offense. Still super entertaining to read. I would still mm. recommend them. I'm still going to put it in the show notes. I would really love to see Genkai and McGonagall work together on shit. Oh my god, that would be amazing. Right? Yeah. Dude. They, that's a match made in heaven right there. And uh, what the uh, uh, the character you watch uh, somebody kick after you watched it? Oh. You watch that? Uh, unrelated. Yeah, you, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ben and I went to go see it, which was great. But um, it, we were going to cover this in another part of the thingy, but yeah. fuck it. Like, oh, Let's god. talk about it now. Yes. We went to go see it. Uh, uh, it was great, but also, wh- poof. Where would oh you boy. on the uh, on the classic one to ten scale? Where would you put it? I would give it a seven. Really, six or seven? Okay, not the most amazing movie I've ever seen. Mm. Admittedly, was watching most of it through my fingers because <laughs> uh, I'm a scaredy cat. Oh man, it was fun to watch it because I was like, oh, because oh, I was like, uh, I'm gonna end up watching this by myself. Yeah. Because uh, I was going to watch it, like, when it comes out on certain things, I was going to watch it by myself anyway, so fuck it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, I want to see it again. Me too. I'd give it an eight, I'll be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's really good. It's It, it scared the crap out of me, so if you're there for that, it's mm. good. It also, um, all the kid actors were great, mm. which is, you know, kind of not Surprising. rare. Um, apparently there's this thing where gay people want to fuck the clown now, which I personally don't get. Yeah, they were shipping uh, the Babadook and It. Yeah, so basically, for those of you who have been living under a rock, um, the Babadook became a gay icon, 
over the summer. What? Here's what happened. There is a screenshot going around where somebody accidentally put the Babadook on Netflix under the LGBTQ section. So people were saying the B stands for Papa Duke. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's funny. Which I mean, I self-identify as the Papa Duke. So I, I don't. <laughs> I know you don't. It, it's not because it's not because I don't like LGBTQ people. It's I don't like that movie. What? Yeah. I love that movie. What we're getting off topic. Yeah. So when Pennywise <laughs> when it came out, people were like, "Oh, Pennywise is first of all the actor who plays Pennywise." Super hot. Yeah, without all that makeup and yeah, the extra part of the Pennywise. head. Yeah, not as Pennywise. As Pennywise, he is horrifying to look at. Yeah. But I think people were just like, you know, they, you know, it's kind of like, you know, how people on the internet kind of just are like, shit. They, they, they like transgressive humor. Yeah. So I think this is wrapped into that. Yeah. Whatever. We're getting off topic. Basically, Pennywise is now a gay icon, and I disapprove because he literally murders children, but it's fine. Now, in like the old English term of queer meaning weird, mm-hmm. yeah, sure, fuck it, why not? <laughs> yeah, but yeah. in like the new, the way the word's used, I don't see that happening. There was very minimal, as well, because I know what happens with the books, Yeah. but there was very minimal. I like to think that Pennywise doesn't really have a sexuality because he's an immortal Spoilers for it, but uh, the book's been out since 86, so get the fuck off my dick. Uh, Pennywise, you know, is an immortal spider thing. Yeah. Well, immortal spider demon, yeah. Yeah, I guess. Doesn't Mm. really go into much detail. All right. I guess Pennywise could be gay. Anything's gay. Take your cryptids. Cry it. No, cry it. Damn it. I'm sorry. Try. If you try hard enough. Yeah. Like anything's a good thing. If you try enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, it was super great. Go check it out if it's still in theaters or rent it or buy it or whatever. Um, I think PlayStation was already offering like pre-order things for it. Oh, sad. They want to pre-order everything these days. That's true. I was reading Stephen King before I went to go see it. I actually started The Gunslinger again Mm. because I saw The Dark Tower, right? Mm. Which I talked about a couple weeks ago. And I was like, "Eh, I need to wash my mouth out with some Gunslinger. But yeah, that's what I'm checking out. Um, read fan fiction. I think it's important to support young, you know, writers and really talented writers. And I think there's a lot of really great stuff out there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of shit too, but you can say that for literally everything. So there's no reason to like. Yeah, to snob your nose at anything. Exactly. Or yes. Snob your nose. Yeah. And that's what I've been reading, y'all. Gunslinger. Oh, yeah. Everything's eventual. Fan fiction. Nice. Uh, do you want to talk that moment, like right before we left from watching it, when we both saw that car and it yes. just stopped and it was weird because it was just me, you, a dude sitting on the curb, mm-hmm. and we were just like the car just sits there for a minute and it's got super tinted windows and we just look at each other and we're like, yeah, peace out. <laughs> yeah, we both yeah. So this car drove. We were outside after the movie and we went to go see it pretty late, so it was like midnight when we got out. Yeah, we were outside after the movie and we're both just like super hyped up and like our adrenaline's running. For a good couple hours. I don't know if the listeners could hear that, but there's like thunder and stuff going on. It's supposed to be storming till about five o'clock tonight. That's a good um, thing I wasn't planning on driving anyways. Yeah, well. Well, uh, well me and somebody are thinking about going to Nashville, so that's fun. <laughs> yeah. But, um. They just go home. Yeah. The, uh, um, yeah, so this guy, this car drove up, and we were like, there's no way there's another showing. It's Sunday night. There's yeah. no fucking way. It was 12 And then it yeah. stopped facing us. And Ben and I were just like, all right, time to nope the fuck out of here. Yeah. And we yep. drove off. 
into the distance. Yeah. Travis, I want to ask you a question. Okay. Do you have any books lined up? Anything you plan on reading next? Nah. Nah. I got a, well, I know you didn't ask me, but. But um, it's it's a question for the table. I figured. Uh, I've got a backlog of books that I'm just looking at. Uh, A couple, both Neil Gaiman, uh, Good Omens, and I've got the first two of the Sandman series. Nice. Both those are all really good choices. Yeah. Uh, That's what I got lined up. Uh, Also, I'm thinking about getting back into poetry because I got this massive collection of Blake. And I fucking love his work. I've been thinking about trolling through it again. Mm-hmm. He is fantastic. Hell yeah. What about you? What do you have lined up to so read? So there's this book out called uh, Meddling Kids. And it is about, it is basically a deconstruction of the Scooby-Doo yeah. mythos. Yeah, 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 but it's yeah. about these kids who solve a mystery in their town, or they think they've solved a mystery. Mm. Oh, God, the plot's very similar to it, I've just realized. Mm. Uh, but they solve a mystery in their town, they think they've solved a mystery, and years later, they get back together to actually solve it, but, like, they all have, like, like one of the kids has severe PTSD. So it's basically it. Yeah. Another <laughs> one has committed suicide. So it's it. So it's basically it. It's, uh, but I really want to read it, because I really like, first of all, I love Scooby-Doo. And second of all, I like deconstructions of Scooby-Doo, so. Speaking of, uh, that sounds like an amazing series, and I kind of want to read it too now. I don't think it's series. I think it's just one book. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, I don't when I buy it, I'll let you borrow it after I'm done. Badass. But speaking of uh, anthropomorphic dogs, uh, how do you feel about Courage the Cowardly Dog? Oh, I love Courage. Good. Everyone should. Yeah, it's a great series. Yeah. First of all, and I'm going to actually, we t- I talked about this when we watched It. So I had a huge time. I had a problem with watching it. Not because mm. it wasn't good, but just because I hate seeing children in danger. I can understand that. That's how I, feel. I don't like animals in danger. Like right. people of any size, I don't mind in horror yeah, movies. That's animals, hate children. no, that's true. Yeah. Um, what are you, what's something that you can't watch in horror movies? I don't watch horror movies. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. All right. Fair enough. Like, uh, is it, do you not like the feelings they make you feel, or would you rather be watching something that makes you feel a different way? I'd rather just not. Just rather not. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I dig it. I feel you. I actually, uh, I think the reason why is because I think of kids as something that needs to be protected. But I think when I was a child and I saw it, I had a much easier time Hmm. because I saw kids going in and kicking ass and taking names. Like these were kids who were defeating this evil. Mm -hmm. And that's really badass. I think kids can handle much more disturbing works than we think they can. Yeah. Because Courage the Cowardly Dog, like it was like a scary show. It really was. But. I still loved it when I was a kid. Yeah, because you watch this little scaredy dead cat dog mm. like overcome his fears, which was really for, for the love of somebody. Yeah, yeah. because he loves love. somebody. The things I do for love. Yeah, it's yeah. a, it's a, that's a very wholesome show. Fuck yeah, it <laughs> it's is a very wholesome yeah. show. You could make the same argument for it because yeah. I think it is a good movie to take kids to. Yeah, not because I don't like kids, but because I think it would instill like, look, look at these kids through the power of friendship coming yeah. together and kick this demon's ass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they overcame their fears to did it. Like the end of the movie slash mm-hmm. the first part of the book, which is focused on them as kids and yeah. the second part's on them as adults. They literally say like, you can't kill me anymore because I'm not afraid of you. Yeah. It's about them facing their fears, accepting their fears and also accepting grief. Yeah. That's a very powerful lesson for a kid to learn. Hell yeah. That's our suggestion. Yeah. Because I really. Take your kids to it. Damn right. 
Are we ready to watch this episode? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because uh, storms and shit, baby. Yeah. It's home. It's storming, and if the power goes out, then we're not going to be able to record. Nope. So. <laughs> well, at least we've got a good stopping point. Yeah. So. True. Yeah. And the, pow- the power flickered in the middle of us recording this, so I was like, hold on. Hold on. Let me save, save everything save. before. <laughs> Just got to do it just in case. Hell Look, we're not yeah. doing this again, goddammit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What is this episode? It's called Home. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're thinking it's about a... All right, so Sam and Dean mm-hmm. go into a house, and it's full of ghosts, and then the ghosts... Well, you're not wrong. ...incorporate <laughs> them into their family, and Sam and Dean becomes ghosts, Aww. and then the series ends. <laughs> well, you are And wrong. then everything else after that is just fake. Everyone is just like, oh, yeah, Supernatural, that show that lasted for 13 seasons, but really it just lasted at episode nine, and then everyone else has just been having a fever dream. <laughs> that sounds about right. right. Well, let's see. Yeah, let's find out. All <laughs> right. suffer. They are hungry, tired, starved for attention. Here at the Cryptid Reserve and Protection Service, we are dedicated to giving to cryptids in need. You can say, I won't stand by while innocent cryptids suffer. For just 20 cents a day, you can dump a bottle of water into Lake Loch Ness and give Nessie enough water to hide in. Call today. Call tomorrow. Call 10 days ago. Call one 2727 and sponsor a cryptid today. Yeah, uh, it's called Snookcast, if you haven't heard of it. Oh, you. Hey. You motherfucker. You. I'm, I'm really high. I'm up on this. Uh, yeah. I'm high on sweet tea and life, you, my friends. You guys are both out of control. And barbiturates. Hey. <laughs> yep. Just kidding. I don't I don't even know where I'd get barbiturates. Yeah, me neither. I barely know what barbiturates I don't even, are. Yeah, I don't even know what that word means. I think they're uh, Barbara Streisand fans. I don't know. I mean, well, in that case, I am a barbiturate. Hey. I love Barbara Streisand. I liked her in uh, Meet the Fockers. That was a good movie. Okay. All right. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what, sure. What did, sure. We, what did we watch? Poltergeist? We watched, well, <laughs> We yes. watched The Exorcism. Um, we watched okay. uh, House. Ghost Home. movies. Home. House? Home. What was it called? It was called Home. Oh, that's right. Yes. We're starting Home. a house podcast. Well, an anime called Rim is what we watched. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Y'all watch that, too. <laughs> this isn't the anime club. This is the supernatural club. We'll, we'll, Go down the hall to room 201 if you're going to be a weeb. All right, Mr. Short. Sorry. I'll get in that English paper on Monday. <laughs> I think it's ironic because I'm like 30 years older than you. 
Are, is it that much? You're a child. I, I mean, I know I'm a <laughs> tiny baby. I know I'm a tiny baby, but I didn't think I was that tiny. Even if you were a tiny baby, like a fresh out of the womb baby, yeah, fresh baby, I would still not be 30 years older than you. Or would I? Or would you? I am how just old? Just I'm pretty sure you've already said how old you were on the podcast yeah, one, at least years once. Old. Yeah. yeah, I'm 102. Ari's 102, Ben is like 65, and I am 12. Yes. That's right, Shane. Yes. I am 65. <laughs> that's his old. real voice. He puts on a radio voice <laughs> for on, the podcast. That's his, the, the voice he puts on for the podcast is his NPR voice. I took yeah. out my dentures <laughs> and everything. <laughs> he wants to work for all things considered. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Where's my tapioca pudding? I'm Robert Siegel, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm Ben Tockmiller. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to talk about <laughs> this here state of the world. <laughs> <sighs> Have y'all seen this shit? Oh. It's fucking nuts. Oh, my God. We got a, we got a mouth breather as a president. <laughs> what? What is this show? (laughs) What are we doing? (laughs) I don't know. Can we talk about the episode now? Yeah, all right. Let's do the recap. Uh, I'll I'll do the recap. (laughs) Will you do the recap correctly? (sighs) I guess so. Look, Travis, last week I was the one who had to rein everybody in, but Ben and I are fucking crazy right (laughs) now. Yeah, I know. We're going to need a mom. Why do you think I... Why do you think I decided to do the recap All this right, week? All right, fair enough. Oh, Keep dang. going. I'm so, excited to see this. cold open. There's a lady in a house, and she's either just been divorced or her husband died or something. But it's her and her two small children. One of them's like toddler age because he still has to be locked up in a dog kennel. The other one... <laughs> The other Let him roll with it. The one is like nine years old or something. And so the the nine year old, they're like, eh, this is the new house. Just get used to it. You know, you little fucks. You got a house train them. Yeah. She's got a house train her children. And um and so the the little girl is like, Oh, there's something in my closet. You know, typical like, oh, it's gonna be the boogie monster or something. Um and the mom, very bravely, she, like, opens the closet. She's like, there's nothing in here. I'm going to live forever. Yeah. Um, Hi, spoiler, my name is she Mom, do- and I'm going to live forever. Yeah, spoiler. She doesn't actually die. That's not a spoiler. I mean, it is. It's not. It doesn't matter. The oh, So God. she, like, look, there's nothing in here. It's fine. And then uh, she, like, the girl very smartly is like, hey, put the chair in front of the closet just in case. And the mom's like, all right, you fucking weirdo. So, wow, God, never have children. Maybe I'm projecting on this mom, but oh who knows? It's, right, we went from recording at 11 o'clock in the morning to 11 o'clock at night, and he just went to work, and we're being kind of crazy. Yeah. All right, I'll calm down. Yeah. So, so, uh, event like the, the last scene in the cold open is the chair like sliding out from the closet door, and it opens, and there's just a thing on fire. And then it cuts to um, Sam and Dean in an undescript location. And Sam is like, had a vision and drawn on something. And Dean is doing whatever. And they and Dean is like trying to find their next job. Mm-hmm. And Sam is like, no, my spidey senses are telling me that we need <laughs> to go back to our old house. Well, it's not even just that he had, he doesn't have a vision of what we've already seen. He has a vision of hot mom. Yeah. Or. Um, Pom. Um. <laughs> 
That's what we'll call her. Hum. Hum. He has a vision of Hum banging on the glass being yeah, like, Yeah, she's like, help, help me. me. I'm stuck in help here. Me out, yeah, please. help me. So this is like something that hasn't happened yet. Right. Because he's like, he finally tells Dean, Hey, I've, I've had visions before that yeah. have come true. I've got the shine. Yeah. Whatever that means. It's a reference to Stephen King. Continue. Cool. Uh, we've talked about Stephen King a lot this episode, or yeah, maybe really just have. this weekend. I don't know. This is life. We just talk about the King a lot, man. Yeah. But so he's like, oh, that's weird. And so they go back to their old house within one transition. Uh, rock music plays. A blurb <laughs> of rock music plays. It's basically a strum as they yeah. motor down the road. Yeah, it's not even a song <laughs> so, this time. It's a So they go to their old house and they like. They, uh, is this the first time that they don't like actively lie to somebody about why they're there? Yeah, pretty I much. I mean, they kind of they didn't tell her the full reason why they were there, but they were still pretty honest with like, "Hey, we used to live here, and we want to check it out." And then they're like, "Oh, there's a fucking ghost here." Yeah. You know, we'll she get... was telling us about the stuff, and it's a ghost. That statement raises questions, though. Is withholding the truth, or like the whole truth, is that lying? Yes. Yes. But I think what Travis means is that, like, they aren't just lying about who they well, are. Yeah, 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 they're not lying yeah. about They're everything. not, hey, we're the police. Hey, yeah, we're hey, the we're FBI. Hey, we're the gas inspectors. We're just, we're just two dudes that used to live here. Right. So My far. name is Sam. This is Dean. Yeah. Welcome we're to Jackass. We're using our real names. Yep. Yeah, welcome to Jackass. We're going to go punch a poltergeist in the nuts. And so yeah. there's, like, a whole thing where they, like, check out the house, and they're like, there's definitely something here. And then they, uh, I guess they go through their dad's journal and find, oh, they go, do they go talk to some people in town to find out about why their dad, like, disappeared disappeared and what he was doing when he disappeared Hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And then they finally figure out, they, the first sentence of his journal is, I went to Missouri and found the truth. And they're like, oh, I just thought it was a place. But it turns out it's the psychic named Missouri. Mosley. Missouri Mosley. Who is wonderful. I yes. love her. She she's, was great. She's a delight. Because she is the person who will like call Dean out on his bullshit all day. The whole episode. Yeah. Dean was just like trying to be a badass. And she was like, don't you put your feet on my table. And he was like, I wasn't going to. Well, you're thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, and they're basically like, yeah, this is what's up. And she's like, oh, well, that's crazy. And so they basically, like, they band together to help get rid of the spirit, and they do this thing with, like, stuff in the walls. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they put basically, like, little, like, charms in the walls. So this is actually a witchy thing that's based in, you know, like, if you're thinking, like... Yeah, it's, like, based in real, real, like, witch folklore, right? Yeah, like, real... putting, Putting a certain thing on different things on different corners of the house mm-hmm. yeah. on northeast southwest walls of the mm-hmm. house and then it helps get rid of the poltergeist or whatever like it was bags of herbs. yeah yeah it's not like a goat hand and children's blood and the part yeah. of a virgin it's just like you know time like yeah. later, later on in the show we're going to see a thing called hex bags and that's essentially children's yeah. bloods the bones of puppies Ugh. and the hairs of kittens yeah yeah but, but so this, isn't that. this yeah, it was exactly. a really it was a really neat thing to say see now I may have gotten this out of order but they like figure out that there's a poltergeist and they do that is that before or after the thing happens with the plumber that is after the thing happens with the plumber okay so there's this thing with the plumber where they're like yeah the plumber th- this is how they like figure out that it is a poltergeist mm-hmm. because this this uh, lady that's living in the house she's like 
oh, um, like sinks are backed up and other ghostly things, but she doesn't know it's a ghost. She's like, oh, this house is just a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> and there's so it's everywhere. The yeah. lights flicker. And there's this plumber who's there to unclog the sink. And he's doing a pretty good job. Uh, there's this weird monkey thing laughing at him the whole time. And he's like undoing the pipes. And he like, un- he first of all, he unplugs the, the garbage disposal. And then makes sure it's off. And he sticks his hand down in there. And just like everybody's deep primal urban fear. Mm-hmm. Of, it's vital destination too. Yeah. Of the garbage disposal turning on while your hand is in there. And, like, a thousand pounds of blood fall out of him. Yeah. <laughs> to this day, to this day, I will not stick my hand in the garbage disposal. Oh, I do it all the time. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, you might say that Plumber is no longer a handyman. <sighs> Travis, continue. So, so there's that, and then they do the poltergeist thing. And then, um, but then they're like, oh. It's not gone. There's still something crazy happening. Mm-hmm. And there's this, like, person on fire walking through the house and all that. And uh, Sam and Dean, very, there's this very, very awesome callback. Because there's a moment that Sam and Dean have while they're trying to figure out, uh, while they're, like, talking about the house for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're talking about their parents and all that. And the night of the accident, the very first episode, uh, Dean is like, yeah, I carried you out of that house. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, really? Yeah. You didn't know that? It was, that was like a nice little moment. And so the poltergeist is still attacking. And then there's this person on, there's this ghost on fire. It's the man on fire. That was a, yeah, you got it. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything about it. <laughs> it was a Metal Gear Solid reference. Yeah, MGS5. MGS5 reference. Man. Anyway. So there's this ghost on fire in the house and there's the poltergeist that's acting crazy and he's like slinging Sam and Dean all over the place or Sam specifically. But um, when they realize that the ghost isn't actually gone, Sam and Dean rush in there and they're like, you get the, you get hot mom and you get the kids. And then Sam turns to the little girl and says, take your brother and run out of the house and don't look back or whatever it was. He says... Take your brother. Take your brother. Outside. Outside. Wait, I'm gonna look up the line yeah. while you're finishing the review. But it's basically a callback to the first episode where uh, John Win- Winchester ch- tells Dean to take Sam and run out of the house. It's the same line, and it was like a very like, oh yes, he said the thing. Yeah. It's a callback. Yeah. It's, the line is, take your brother outside as fast as you can. Don't look back now, Dean. Go. Yeah. And uh, it is a line that we hear often on this podcast <laughs> because they do the recap before every episode. And that, yeah. is, that line is always, always in the recap. Mm-hmm. Always. And so... At least for this first season. And so uh, there's this ghost on fire walking around and Sam is like pinned up against the wall. And then he can like see the ghost and the ghost finally appears to be the spirit of their mom. Dun, dun, dun. Mary Winchester herself. And she's like, oh, you guys are great. And then uh, she's like, hey, poltergeist, you get the fuck out of here. And she like 
shoots it to the moon. <laughs> and and then she like gets burnt up too because she she uses all of her spirit energy to get right. rid of it and she gets she destroyed. She spirit guns him the yeah, fuck out of here. She she's like finger bang and yeah. just at the ceiling. Not only did she use her spirit energy, but all of her life energy as well. Yes. Yeah, so she's Which is important, important distinction. And, yep. and they they bring Missouri to like confirm that like, oh yeah, she's not here anymore. This is probably what happened. And uh, it was really cool. I don't know. This was this was this was a nice episode. It was, oh, wait, it was you fun. forgot one one last scene. What did I forget? I think I know what you're talking about. Missouri goes back to the office. Oh, her, her oh yeah. Okay, yeah. The like, end. Yeah. And she goes back to her place, her psychic place, mm-hmm. and fucking dad is sitting there. Yeah, John Winchester himself. It, and Missouri is like, why won't you go talk to your fucking kids? And John Winchester is like, because I'm a huge piece of shit. <laughs> It was, like the, it was like a scene from the goddamn Steve Wilco show. Yeah. <laughs> the real answer he says is because, like, I want to. I really want to go see them. Yeah. But so, I won't until I know the truth. Yeah. Which Ben and I, at that moment, I basically turned to Ben and went, hmm? Because I know the truth. Oh, God. And I still think he's a piece of shit. See, we, the truth is out there. We've colored your view. <laughs> I feel bad. We should have, like, not told you what we thought of John until you made your own opinion, but... I mean, but still, that's, like, a shitty thing. They're it in the is. same city. Yeah. And he's like, no, I can't go see... It. Like, here's my take on it. There is something that's physically keeping him from seeing Sam and Dean. Or they're keeping them from him seeing... Them seeing him or something. There's, like, a physical... Well, yeah. Not a physical, but they're, like... He literally can't see them or he'll die or something like that. Uh, we don't have anything to say on this. Yeah, don't yeah, don't, don't spoil. Yeah, right, don't do it. Right, that's right, just so what. That's just what I said. To swerve right. the conversation a bit, there swerve was another it. thing he forgot to talk about. What, what was that? And that was a little kid that was in the dog kennel. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So this kid okay, was first like, of all, it's not a dog. It's kennel. not a dog kennel, but it was it's like a, a, a cage. cage, playpen, baby cage. I don't give a fuck. It was also like it was the weirdest baby cage I've ever seen. It was huge. It was tall. First of all, it was bigger than the kid. It was tall. It was like. If the kid was like two and a half feet tall, this thing was four feet tall. If, if okay. the kid was a Rottweiler, he would have stayed in that thing. Have yeah. you guys seen Battlefield Earth? Yes. yes. You know at the end of the movie when John Travolta gets locked in that cage and he's surrounded by the gold uh. and the other not John Travolta alien comes up yeah. to him and is like, I wanted to surround you with the thing you loved most. Oh my God. Gold. <laughs> that cage that John Travolta's in, that's the cage that kid was yeah, in. Yeah, it's like that. It's, it's fucking huge. It's weird, and the kid is like a weird kid. He's like, I gotta have juice. Get a, get a, get well, okay, juice, that I don't have juice, a problem juice, with, juice, because juice, have you ever been around a three-year-old? They are juice I mean, I've been around some three-year-olds. I've yeah. never been around three-year-olds that are that weird. Yeah, juice addict. Yeah. I think that wasn't the fault of the kid. I think that was the writer being like, how do children... Yeah, what do children we do? Need the, we need the child to climb into the refrigerator. Yeah. That's a, so basically... Oh, that, yeah, that's another thing where that was like a poltergeisty thing. Is yeah. The poltergeist knocks the... Knocks the baby cage down. Knocks the baby cage down. The John Travolta end of Battlefield Earth cage. And opens the fridge, which is baby locked. Yes. It's got like a little baby strap on it. baby latch. And then the kid, for some reason, climbs into the The juice is sitting right there. Like he can lean over and grab it. He doesn't have to physically get in. He like steps up and climbs into it. Also, who doesn't have shelves in their refrigerator? Right? 
mean, yeah, damn. I guess the excuse is this woman has just moved, but like, but like the refrigerators she... still have shelves. We moved yeah. in, our refrigerator has two shelves. Yes. So it's... yeah, it is. It, the shelves were clearly taken out so that this kid could fit in. Yeah. So that the poltergeist can shut the door and close the latch. Mm-hmm. But um, other than that, very small thing like. Yeah, I will good say. Good fucking episode, guys. Even with that, yeah. I mean, you know, you know how I like my kids. Chill. Yeah. Oh my god. Shut the fuck uh, up. <laughs> there was also there was a really funny thing. I'm gonna go grab a thing. Keep talking. Okay. There was a really funny thing that happened where uh, so I think we've mentioned before that we watched the show with the captions on, and this this moment happened where. Dean is freaking out and he's trying to call his dad on the phone and it goes to his voicemail and it's like, we've heard the voicemail before. It's like, if it's really important, call Dean. Here's the number. And then we heard John Winchester on the voicemail say a phone number, Mm -hmm. but then the phone number that popped up on the caption was not the number that he said at all. Which makes me think that they accidentally broadcasted a full phone number, like a real phone number, and then in the captions they were like, "Oh shit, we're not supposed to do that." <laughs> I like it. What are your thoughts, Pizza Mouth? I thought that too. <laughs> oh, I thought that too, but then the number had five five five. Oh, did it? Yeah. Okay. But it was still not the same number. No, it was no. not the same yeah, number. Yeah, no, not at all. Which was crazy. <laughs> it it kind of blew my mind. I, I may have watched a smidge of the episode. Because you were talking about that earlier, where it was like it wasn't the same number. So I think, because like, you know, in the show, this is this is not a spoiler. Yeah. Uh, they have, but like, between uh, Sam, Dean, and John... Supposedly, there's like 20 cell phones. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like, the thing in the fucking... Uh, Are you saying this caption was a reference to the fact that they have a billion cell phones? Yes. Oh. No, no, no. no, 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 no. It, that was just a mistake. Yeah. See, that's what I was but, thinking. It's like, oh, shit, you don't know that. But because uh, there's like level one... Well, they don't really say it in the show. If it's like important, you call this number. If it's really important, you call this number. If it's really, really important, you call this number. Well, oh, and also God. they got like... Yeah. You know, they have all their like... I'm agent so and so, and you don't want to be changing up your voicemail 10, 24 hours a day. Right. Damn yeah. Right. Um, I had a note. I had a couple of notes. What's that? Um, my first note was that child is adorable. I was talking about the daughter. Oh yeah, the daughter she, is pretty she, good. The, yeah. Her opening scene is like, "Mommy, I'm scared of the do- ghost in the closet." And the mom's like, "There's nothing don't be a in the fucking closet. Idiot. Yeah. yeah, don't be a bitch." And I said, "That child is adorable. Everything is sad." And I then I said, "I've been to Lawrence, Kansas. No one is happy in Lawrence, Kansas." Yeah. <laughs> That's only because I'm a Mizzou fan. Nice. Um, and then also was the uniform for women in the early 2000s. Low-rise boot-cut jeans and a tank top. Yes. Yeah. Every woman in this show, unless they are business-business, is wearing that outfit. I'm wearing that outfit right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and you look great. <laughs> I know. You know what? You know what Get I'm wearing? Yeah. He's getting it. He's getting it. He's got it. He's got it good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's working it. Oh, and then the other thing. Okay. Also in that opening scene, uh, the cold open. The mom, hot mom, or yeah. hom, hom, finds pictures of Sam and Dean. Oh, yeah. That was another thing. That's like, why. how? They were in a metal canister. Mm. Yeah. 
Do you think? How did that survive the fire? Do the you, metal canister. Well, they said it? they said that the whole the whole house didn't get burned down. Okay, so they were in the basement. Yeah, the the those pictures were in the basement, and it's probably something they got packed up and then stuffed down there and forgotten about. And the okay, the fire did start on the second floor. All yeah, right, fair yeah, enough, yeah, fair yeah. Enough. As much as like John was moving the kids around, he's not carrying everything. No, I understand. And, yeah, and maybe even possibly, you know, Mom Winchester may like pushed it out a little bit to kind of be like eh. yeah there's a story here that's believable yeah, yeah that's you know fair enough yeah. yeah and then that way if sam and dean ever did come back which they did they could be like hey i'm sam and dean uh we lived this, here we lived here Here's they could be the like proof. yeah they're like oh yeah i've found a big old box of your pictures mm-hmm. um the other thing i want to talk about is in that opening scene not the opening scene but when sam and dean meet the kids for the first time mm-hmm. And they're talking to the daughter, who is not important enough to have a name. Right. Oh, Let's call God. her Sophie. Yeah, she's and not. She's daughter number one. She's da- She's the only daughter. She's the daughter. The Literally. daughter. Let's call da- her Sophie because her that's Sophie. the name of one of my kids in Skyrim. Um, <laughs> it's my dog's name. Ah. One of my dog's name is Sophie. Aww. I'm excited now. That's adorable. Yeah. I know someone completely unrelated named Sophie. Yeah. Oh, my God. Ah. You know, the world Sophie's is such a small name? place. Yeah. So delicious. <laughs> so delicious. Exactly. Woo wee. Yeah. Um. Okay, so they're talking to the kid, and she's like, "Mom, tell him about the fire ghost." The yeah. Fire ghost, Mom, please, the fire ghost. Her. Mom, please, please tell him about the fire ghost. And she's like, "Quit being a fucking weirdo and yeah. eat your juice, yeah, or whatever." <laughs> we eat juice in this family. Yeah. We then... freeze juice and then we eat it. Yeah. It's, it's like a sorbet. It's pleasant. While she was eating her juice, a she, was, she was blinking in Morse code, please, the fire ghost help us. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so basically, she's like, yeah, did you guys have anything like that when you were kids? And Sam and Dean were like, no, ghosts don't exist. No. Wink. 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 wink They're fantastically bad liars. Yeah. I don't understand how they keep this job. <laughs> they no you save your poker face when you need it in a game of poker yeah i guess not against impressionable young children and their fucking mom who thinks you're crazy it's true um but yeah that's those are just some of the many things i noticed many many things yeah, yeah. what do you guys want to talk about um Honestly, I mean, this episode was good, yeah. and it was simple. Yeah. Like, there's really not much to talk about except for what happened in the episode. Like, it was it was just like, that's what happened. That's all there is, really. Like, there's no hidden meanings or anything like what that. What did you guys like about it? I liked, I liked the poltergeisty stuff, and the mm-hmm. and um, I loved Missouri Montgomery, or whatever her name was. Montgomery Missouri Montgomery. Mostly. Missouri mostly. Honestly, like, this episode was kind of the opposite of last week's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was good. It didn't feel like it lasted. Tw- it lasted just enough. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because this is how you do short, precise, and it makes sense. Yeah. It still had a Deus Ex Machina, or a Deus it still had a Deus Ex Machina. Hey, But it felt earned. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> because first of all, we saw real struggle with the poltergeist. Yeah. Yeah. And then for you know eight episodes before this, we've seen them. You know. We've seen talking yeah. about mom. We've seen them talking about mom yeah. and building up the fact that Dean kind of thinks of her as like this amazing, perfect woman because he's hasn't spent any time with her. Yeah, and Sam never met ne- her. Never met her. Yeah, and just is like the abstract figure, kind of. Mm-hmm. So the fa- yes, it is a Deus Ex Machina, but it means something. <laughs> I can't believe you said it again. 
Say it one more I time. see you do not know me very well, Trevor Story. But yeah, it meant something, and it just it completed the rising action. Yes. Yeah. Or it, it completed the climax. Yeah. Like, this wasn't just, like, an entire rising action. This had, like, your lead-in, a little bit of falling, a little bit mm-hmm. more rising, then your climax, then it falls back down. Then, oh, shit, picks back up, then we're coming back down. It was a very nice mountain range of an episode. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> And, Rocky um, Mountain High on this we episode. We learn more about Sam's powers. Yeah. Not only does he have visions, but he is a powerful psychic. Yeah. He can sense the fact that the poltergeist is still around, even when Missouri can't. Right. He might say we're not in Missouri and even, anymore. I, I think even Missouri. In Kansas. Hey, yeah. Wait, aren't they next to each other? They are. And they're actually very close. Lawrence is not very far away from the Missouri border. Oh, damn. Yeah. But yeah, in Missouri, like, oh, man, that boy, that boy can get it. Yep. That boy's got, got well, the shine not in a real sex bad. Way, in like yeah. a psychic way. Yeah, I mean, what what did you think I meant? I thought you meant in like a sex way. No, I know. Uh, Why would I think that? I don't know. You might say Sam and Jess were real hot in the sheets, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> what? Boo! What? It's a joke about like Jess dying on oh, fire. God damn it! <laughs> did she well, die from the fire? Sh- or did she die from the hole in her stomach? Let's put things in perspective. Well, that's just a whole nother. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole nother mm. sex thing. <laughs> I mean, okay. Like, 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 I guess now like we father, know like what Ben's son. into. Yeah. Fires and holes in stomachs. All right. But yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> I feel, I feel weird about not having more to say, but there's really not much else to say about this episode unless you have more notes. I have more notes. Oh, well, right. why didn't you say so? Here's the thing that a lot of television shows do, and uh-huh. I get it. You want to show off your locations. You spend a lot of money on those locations, and you want to get all the money you can. Yeah. But please, please stop doing this. We start a conversation in one place, and then we cut to a uh, new yeah. location and continue that same conversation. Yeah. Here's what happens. Sam and Dean start a conversation about the night of the fire while they're at in front of the house. Mm-hmm. Then they presumably got in the car, Stop talking it, to each okay, other. Okay, yeah, I I remember drove that. Drove to a gas station. Because that was a noticeable jump cut. Yes. Like, it cut fast, and mm-hmm. it was just like... Almost mid-sentence. Yeah, I in guess a very different location. Yeah, I guess we we're from, here like, a now. neighborhood to, like, a gas station. So, it was like, you know, again, in real time, they drove to the gas station. They didn't yeah. talk to each other on the way. And then they got out of the car and then resumed the conversation. Well, maybe while they were in the car, they had to read their scripts on the way to the gas station. (laughs) Yeah, that's not a good thing to remind the audience of, Travis. I was going to say say maybe they were arguing over music or something. No, you know, maybe driver picks the music, shotgun Shotgun shuts his cake hole. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. No, because it's all it's going to be. It's either going to be Motorhead or Metallica. That's it. ACDC. Yeah, that's true. Oh, uh, that's that's a story for another time. Kansas. Yeah. yeah. Carry on my wayward son. Oh, yeah. I get it because it starts in Kansas. Hey. And that's like the their song. sons, their sons of and John wayward. and they're wayward. They they're going all kind. And they they're warding all on. kind of ways, and they gotta get, get they gotta get going. So that I get song it might as well have been written for Supernatural, but I'm not entirely convinced that Supernatural wasn't written to fit that song. Yeah. When do they play that song? Do they ever play the song at the end? At the end of what? The The show isn't over. (laughs) At the end of the show. At the end of the season. How does everyone know? 
Like at the end of every season? Yes. Oh. Okay. It's like the final season kind of like the wrap up kind of thing. Gotcha. It's okay. like, well, it's the um, last episode of the season. We're mm-hmm. playing that in the beginning to catch you up for the entire season. Ah, okay. I really hope at some point the show has the balls to use the gore cover of Kansas, <laughs> of Carry On My Wayward Son. Oh, that's good. I love it. It's a good shit. Can we talk about the fact that Missouri Mosley said cold banging? Yeah. What? <clears throat> what? You never go around cold begging nobody. Okay. What is then that? I understand to mean? you're from the hills, and that's how you people talk. Um. So when we walked into Missouri's office, oh, and we have this trope. This is a very common like. Here's how you tell the difference between a real psychic and a fake psychic. Oh yeah. Where it's like they already know their names. Yeah. And well, I was gonna say. So they walk into the office, and she is just gotten done with a client. Yeah. She's a professional psychic, right? She's just gotten done with a client, and so she um, moves out of town and... Or moves out of town. What? What do I say thinking of? You know what I was thinking of? The season seven episode. The Mentalists. Yeah. Yeah. Any hoozles. Any hoozles. Back to back. So she's just gotten done with a client, and she's like, don't worry, your wife is crazy about you, guy. She's not cheating on you. Wink, wink. Yeah, she might as well turn to the camera and give him the, like... Michael Scott into the office face, into the camera face. Yeah. And uh, she walks out and immediately she says, oh, that poor man. His wife is cold banging the gardener. What the fuck oh, is cold banging? Oh, I get it. I think I get it. Cold banging as in kind of like murdering in cold blood. Oh, having like, sex in cold blood. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So she's like banging the gardener, but it's just because there's no... Like, other reason besides she's tired of her husband or something like that. And also, yeah. there's blood. Like, there's no... Um, in the weird, hot, kinky sex there is. Like, there's no malicious intent behind it. She's right. just banging the gardener. Yeah. She's been screwing the gardener. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that all comes together. Yeah, yeah see, I, I mean, I, I kind of understood that contextually. Yeah. Did you think they were fucking in the walk-in? I mean, I don't know what to think. Me neither. I just thought it was a fun word. I didn't think any... I mean, I understood what she was saying, hmm. but, like, I just didn't, like, cold banging. I mean, it it cold is kind game. of a... It's a weird... It's not, it's not like shagging ass. No, it's not shag ass. <sighs> yeah. It is on the leg, the legendary level of shag ass. Here's what I think sometimes. I think sometimes writers are like, this character talks kooky. You know, yeah. kooky. Let's make him say something weird. How do we, how do we best represent that? Oh, the word cold banging. Cold banging. Or in the case of Dean, shag ass. Yeah. (laughs) Or in the case of Sam, Uh, no examples. No examples. Sam is very normal. Mm -hmm. I want to get the writer of the show who made the choices to have shag ass and cold banging. (laughs) Yeah. Get them a drink. uh, And then ask them why. No. We're buying a bottle and we're recording in here. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about the show with them. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess if. I bet that was the creator of the show, Eric Kripke. I hope so. That'd I want to meet that dude. Hell yeah. yeah. Would, please. Yeah. Mr. Kripke, if you're listening. And uh, Bill Murray's brother. Eric, if you're nasty. Yeah, Eric, if you're nasty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Kripke, if you're feeling But this kinky. is the trope I was thinking about. Uh, it's a very common thing where it's like, oh, we've met a real psychic and they do readings. Yeah. And they'll, the, the protagonist will go in and they'll be like, hey, real psychic, why did you just lie to that guy? Uh, and the real yeah. psychic always goes, because people don't come to me to learn the truth. Yeah. They come to learn what makes them happy, which is word for word what she says. Yeah, literally. Uh, <clears throat> just a very, like, 
this happens. It's very like, oh, I just tell people what they want to hear. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like I can sense the truth on them and I know they don't want to hear it. It's a bit of the, it it has, I mean, that trope has its roots in Cassandra, in Greek mythology. Yeah. With the character of Cassandra who told the truth, but was cursed so that nobody would believe her. (laughs) Which is kind (laughs) of like (laughs) the idea that like psychics, if you're going to go, there's this kind of this idea that if you're going to try to learn the future, you're always going to fuck it up. Right. Yeah. So it's I get it's that. knowledge, but it's very dangerous knowledge mm-hmm. because you can't fight fate. And even if you try to fight fate, you're going to stumble into destiny's. Yeah, path. and that's the whole like that's <clears throat> basically what Oedipus is about too, right? Yeah, Oedipus. Yeah. You can't get away from fate. <clears throat> yes, and there's this idea in Supernatural that even in the very beginnings of the show. Like, yeah, Sam's been gifted with the, the ability to f- see the future, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily a good thing. Right. Like it, like in this episode, uh, he goes to, the, he wants to go to the house to prevent this woman from being hurt. Uh-huh. And uh, they're, they do the thing and they're like, okay, she's safe. Mm-hmm. But then it happens anyway. But it, it kind of makes them complacent. Right. Yeah. So... <clears throat> Almost as if because of Sam's actions, the poltergeist had the advantage. Right. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, they still saved the lives. And, like, who knows what would have happened if they hadn't interfered. Mm-hmm. But there's this idea that, you know, we don't really know what these visions are yet. We don't know why he has them. Mm-hmm. Nobody else in his family has, you know, the shine. Yeah. Which is a reference to Stephen King's The Shining. Cool. Shine on, you crazy diamond. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Do they play that song? No. Oh, that'd be cool, though. Mm-hmm. I, there may be like one or two Pink Floyd songs that ever get played on this show. Damn. Yeah. But the point is, is that like... Um, oh, sorry. No, it's fine. It's fine. This was a good episode. I agree with you guys. I really like this episode. It's a great palate cleanser after Bugs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, God it um, was. Uh, and I really like that we learn, that we get to see that moment with the mom. Because Mary Winchester plays a very small role in this show. Yeah. Y'all are winking at each other. <laughs> I think, I think Y'all are winking at each other a lot, like with both eyes. You're going like wink, That's wonk, just wink, wonk. No, you're like wink, wonk, wink, wonk. Wink, wonk. Yeah. That's a wonking and a winking. Yeah. Hey. That's <laughs> 40 wonks. That's when you go with like one, two, like wink, wonk. Do your eyelids make noise, Travis, when you're by yourself? What do you mean when I'm by myself? What are you talking about when I'm by myself? They're doing it right now. Wink, wonk. Sure, Travis. Tell yourself that, buddy. They can't see us. They don't know. Wink, wonk. So, but what I wanted to get back to Mary Winchester is that, yeah, we mentioned earlier, like, to Dean, Mary is... The ultimate... Like a mother the, figure. The best mom. Yeah. The best perfect mom. mom. Which is crazy because, you because know. Because Garnet exists from Steven Universe. Yeah, so the that. best mom has already been taken. But when, you're, when your mom dies, when you lose your mom at a young age, and the only memories you have of her is like, oh, she would make me pancakes when I wanted them. Right. So, of course, you're going to think she's the best yeah, mom Yeah, you're going to think time. like she's amazing. Yeah. And she's dead. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to speak ill of that. Right. Dean has a very, like, fucked up relationship with his parents. Yeah, because he's the Both oldest. Both of them. Yeah, because yeah, one of them's dead and the other one's... Missing. Missing. And John Winchester. And, refu- hey. and refuses yeah. to talk to them. Yeah. 
Why do you think the reason... I mean, we kind of went into it earlier. Where yeah. Like something's physically stopping him. But let's say that's not the reason why. Okay, if that's not the reason, mm-hmm. I think it's just John is driving himself crazy because he blames himself for the death of his wife. And he can't stand to look at his children anymore because he knows he fucked them up. You know what? That is a good answer. Yeah, oh, that yeah? That is a very good answer. Yeah. Cool. I I'll did give, something right. I'll give you bonus credit for that answer. Awesome. Yeah. For all the times you said casino last week. <laughs> I don't think you're right. No? No. I, I don't you think were. you're right, but that would is a very good answer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if it's not like a literal spirit or something keeping it, or a demon keeping him from them, that is probably that. You have a secondary thought of what it could be? No, that was my secondary thought. You have a tertiary thought? I think Travis uh, is used to people being like good <laughs> 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 and has you know hope what? for this world yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and we we are cynical and okay. sad yeah. tertiary <laughs> the house today. Yeah, tertiary thought you left your house John yeah I didn't leave your house though <laughs> yeah you're right John Winchester secretly has an army of giant robots for children to get in <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, is he already Jindo Akari levels of bad father to you, Travis? No. Okay. Nobody is Jindo Akari levels of bad dad. Yeah. John, uh, even though I know everything that happens with this character pretty uh-huh. much, I'm still not like John Winchester is Jindo Akari levels of terrible. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So, is there, do we have any more questions, comments, concerns, notes? Oh, Reference to something. Missouri mentions, this is going to be important for later, Travis. Uh-huh. Missouri mentions that the house had been fine until recently. Okay. And she says, it's like something starting. There's all this new supernatural activity. Uh-huh. A wink. Uh-huh. A wink. So, yeah, we've got a lot of things set so up in this episode. So it's almost as if John Winchester is going missing was the beginning of a big chain of dominoes falling Well, not just over. John Winchester going missing. No, but Sam getting back. Mm-hmm. And Dean. Yeah. Dean and Dean. It was mm-hmm. friends, Ferdinand, getting shot. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. 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 So that's going to be... Um, We've set a lot of things up in this episode. Like yeah. the fact that, you know, Sam's still getting his visions. And right now they seem to be tied to him, right? Right. It's his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. It's his childhood home. I mean, six-month childhood home, but you get the point. But, yeah, still. Yeah, so... Sounds like you're going to say the road is this childhood home. I mean, you could. I'm not that poetic. Hey. They should have sent a poet. (laughs) But, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, final thoughts, questions, concerns? I don't know. Uh, Travis, you got anything? I feel like making a cake. Me too. Yeah. yeah. Let's make a cake. Let's make a cake. Let's. Uh, what's the name of the next episode? That is what I am looking up. Well, uh. So we can ask Travis. Yeah. What do you think this is going to be? What well, do you think is going to happen? Well, okay. So the way this usually works is the episode ends, and then the way Netflix works is there's the. We get like a still. There's the next episode and a still, and then the short, the like the one sentence synopsis. And I didn't read the one sentence synopsis earlier. I'll read it for you. Okay. Asylum. Asylum. What do you think it's about? So Sam and Dean 
go to Germany. And they go to a hospital in Germany where it turns out the body of Sigmund Freud is actually under that hospital and he's haunting it. And so they need to dig under under the hospital only to find out that Sigmund Freud was a yak the whole time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They're the fuckers. Yes. Yuck, yuck. Yes. Yuck, yuck. Oh, damn. All right. Credit so. to Narado more. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Narado. Speaking of which, if you ever hear this and you want to be on the show, fucking message one of us, motherfuckers. Yeah. We'll message you. Yeah. Or don't us. call us. Yeah, don't call us. We'll, we'll call, call you. you. Well, I don't know if that's going to happen, Travis, but if it does, we'll talk about <laughs> we'll it next week. We'll talk about it next week. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to Hey Aspite. You can find us at Instagram and Twitter at Habcast. Habcast, H-A-B-Cast. I, you can find my personal Instagram and Twitter at Ari the Spy. Ari the Spy. You can find me, Ben Tykemiller, at Mr. Fluffy Bunny. Mr. On Fluffy Bunny. On Twitter and uh, Instagram. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Actually Tall. Thanks for listening. Yeah. And until next time. Have fun and don't die. That's the goal, honestly. <laughs> Fun fact: <laughs> that not my goal. the ace guy on BoJack, mm-hmm. voiced by Aaron Paul. Oh, cool! Yeah, I don't of know a it's... Big Bang Theory fame. No, no. Yes, no. no, no. I'm pretty sure he played a drug dealer on that show. On on the. <laughs> <laughs> Have we started yet? <laughs>